What's going on, guys? It's the Dirt Bike Channel Podcast right here. You have made it. I am your host, Kyle Brotherson. Wow, what a week we've had. I think the last time we spoke, the last time I did an episode was on March 11th. That was one week ago today. And the world has drastically changed, at least here in the U.S. Oh, my goodness. I don't think the world has changed ever so much in one week ever before. I mean, maybe 9-11, but I don't think 9-11's changes were as big as this. It certainly wasn't where I was. I was living in Canada at the time, uh, serving a mission for my church. This week has been insane. I might do a podcast about this week and all the coronavirus stuff with my wife later, maybe later today, maybe tomorrow, something like that, and who knows when I'll get that out. But today, I want to talk about dirt bike stuff. I want to keep it light, and I want to keep it relevant to dirt bike, and I want to be just kind of a little bit... I I don't know if distraction is the right word, but I want to just... There's so much freaking media coverage out there right now on COVID-19 and everything, and and just how the sky is falling. The stock market is just going absolutely nuts and businesses are shutting down and everything. I just want to I want to take a break from that for just a minute here and give you guys a little bit of, re- of reprieve and let's talk about suspension. Okay? So we're going to shift gears off COVID and everything that everyone else is doing and homeschooling and and uh, social distancing and everything. We're going to social distance using dirt bikes and that's one of the best things about dirt bikes is they we we have that whole social distancing pretty much dialed, right? A lot of us are out there doing doing our social distancing out with our with our kids and with our buddies and everything and it's been awesome to see people kind of posting that. It's also a really good time for us to just you know, take a step back and and uh, enjoy some time with our families. Anyway, I'm gonna move off of that because I'll I'll probably do that a little bit later with my wife on a on a separate podcast. Let's talk about suspension being black magic. So I thought, you know, I went through the whole. I have a long list of podcast topics that uh, I've I've kind of compiled. If you have a podcast topic suggestion, email that to me. Email it to Kyle at dirtbikechannel.com, and I'll. Put it on the pile. If it's not already there, I'll put it on the pile and and uh, we'll we'll throw it down. But uh, s- today we're going to talk, talk about suspension, and I figured that the the best title for this is just that it's black magic. And the funny thing is, the reason why I say that is because if there's one thing that I keep learning over and over again in this sport, in the ten years, almost ten years that I've been a part of it, I got my first dirt bike in 2010. Um, you could really say that I didn't really get in. I didn't really get infected with the bug until about 2012 or 2013, but I did get my first dirt bike in 2010. So I'm about 10 years into this, <clears throat> and something that I keep learning over and over and over again is that what I like, you might not like, and that goes vice versa. What you like, I might not like. I mean, there's some general things and some general trends. But I think we paint with too broad of a brush sometimes when we're like, oh, this suspension is good and that suspension is crap because it just really depends on the rider, what their personality is, what they want to do, what type of terrain they're riding, if they're doing big jumps, if they're doing whoops, if they're doing drops, if they're riding 90 miles an hour out in the desert or if they're just going really slow doing trials type stuff and technical, rocky, nasty stuff. Everyone wants something different. Everyone wants their suspension to react a little bit differently and to and to do a different thing and... Even if you're doing the same thing, like let's say you're a you know a desert rider that rides a lot of desert, a lot of higher speeds and stuff. Some guys want different things out of their bike, and and they just feel more comfortable with you know the suspension reacting a certain way. 
Um, and so it's, it's really funny. And, and so what I like, you might not, might not like, and then you kind of, here's another thing that I'm, that I've been constantly learning more and more. I've got full-time dirt bike riders that I talk to either they're racers or they're some sort of an exhibitionist, or they're just riding full-time for whatever reason. Maybe they ride hard, hard enduro. Maybe they race enduro cross. Maybe they, they, uh, race desert races, you know, maybe they're Graham Jarvis, maybe they're some of these you know, guys out in the, out in the industry there, maybe they're Shane Watts or, or whoever, maybe it's uh, rich Larson or Max Gersten or different guys. And it's funny how you get such different and varying answers all the time. I mean, some, some of these full-time dirt bike guys have their bikes, totally stock suspension. They don't do anything on their suspension. They spend money in other places on gas and tires and, and they're like, look, the stock suspension is good enough for me and I'm not maxing out my, my potential of the stock suspension. So I'm just using it and I don't need anything else. And then other guys will sit there and tell you that, you know, stock suspension sucks and everyone knows that. And if you are riding in any competitive way or you're serious about this at all, you need fully custom stuff, you know? And so where's the truth? And I think with anything, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle and it depends on what you want to get out of it. And, um, in some cases, what Kool-Aid you're drinking, you know, <laughs> um, suspension is extremely important. Um, but I think your, our technique and our ability as riders is probably even more important than what suspension we're riding and the ability for us to adapt to certain conditions and adapt to the trail or adapt to the track. If you're a motocross rider, I mean, I think those things sometimes get overlooked and, I believe that the truth is if you're a, if you're a good rider, you can make just about anything work. And I've seen that, uh, as evidence, even this, uh, I've, I've gone riding a number of times with Shane Watts. If you don't know who he is, world champion, uh, racer, USR, well, I, I shouldn't say what, what, uh, championships he's won, but he's international six days enduro champion guy, a world champion, 125 rider, um, woods, desert, that type of thing. And I've seen him torque me on any bike that he gets on, whether it's a TTR 230 or what this KTM 150 SX, or whether it's one of my bikes, a KTM 250 XC, whatever bike he gets on, he is faster and smoother and better than me. It doesn't matter what bike he's on. doesn't matter what suspension he's on, you know? And so suspension is just one part of this and suspension is black magic because what I like, you might not like, I mean, I would hate to be a suspension tuner. I have, um, I have some friends that work on suspension, uh, some closer than others. And I just think, man, that would be a really tough job. I mean, you are literally trying to, yeah, there's data there. Like you have, if you get in, you know, with a lot of these different race, race tuners and things, they have a lot of data out there of like, Hey, if a person weighs this much, and if they're riding this fast and they're riding this terrain, here's some things that work generally speaking. But there's that data out there. But then you're also relying on the writer to be honest with you and to be able to convey this information to you. And even if they are honest about what their writing, writing level is, it's still an educated guess, you know, and, and, they don't, and they don't know how to convey that message to you. I don't know how to really convey it. You know, I don't know how to convey like, hey, I, I know, hey, I just want my suspension to be better. And, and can't you just make it better for me? Can't you just make it softer or make it hold, hold up here better in the corners and make it so it, it doesn't dive when I'm in sand? I don't really have the verbiage and, and the knowledge to be able to tell a suspension tuner, hey, this is what I want. This is what I want you to do for me. I don't have that ability. I'll get back to that later, what type of a rider I am and maybe what type of a rider 
you might be. I'll, I'll put kind of into two classes here to kind of close up the podcast as we as we go through the rest of this stuff. But a little bit of um, story time here from this week to kind of illustrate what I'm talking about with being able to convey to your suspension guy what you want to have happen with the bike. So um, I've got a 2020 Beta 300RR race edition, and I just it's got KYB forks. It's the first time that Beta has done KYB, and I just, and the bike was just out of the box. It was just so freaking stiff. I swear it was a motocross bike. And so I take it to a suspension tuner and I say, hey, can you make, can you soften this thing up for me? Can you make it better? And they, they're like, sure. And so they go ahead and they do that. And it got much better. And the first, the first time back on the bike, I was like, oh, this thing is way better. And, and, and just in my head, I'm like, oh, they solved all the problems, you know, and this is, this is really cool. And, and, uh, and now it's amazing. And I, you know, I give the feedback back to them and like, hey, you made the bike awesome. And you made the bike super rideable now and everything. And in all actuality, it, it was much better, you know, but here's the rub. Then I go take the bike out with some other friends and I ride some other bikes with that beta freshly revalved back to back. And now I'm going, dang, this, I, I'm not, I'm not as happy with it now because what I want is my bike to feel more like this one over here, you know, and maybe that suspension, maybe that springs, maybe that's part of the frame. Even maybe some of that is part of the motor and how the balance of the bike actually works. But, you know, it, it's one of these things where it's like, okay, I'm going to need to have this thing get softened a little bit more. So I contact my suspension tuner and, he, and, and he's like, hey, um, so how much of the travel are you using on those forks? And I'm like, you know, you did put those little, uh, you know, travel indicator bands on my forks, right? And, and he's like, yeah, do you remember how much you're using? And I'm like, you know what? It's been a little bit, I'm not exactly sure. So then he's like, look, in order to help me to know what to do, because you, you say that they're still too, hor- still too harsh uh, until, and still too stiff and you're getting too much feedback in your hands, um, what you could do to help me as a tuner, and excuse me, this was genius, is he's like, you can go out and actually record the data, how much of the stroke you're using on the front forks with those little you know, travel indicators. So I did that yesterday. I went out for a ride with my daughter on the beta and I got to a place where I could turn it up a little bit in some whoops and, and going through an area with a couple little jumps and some things, not like motocross style jumps, but just, you know, jumps and some stuff and ju- just to kind of simulate my riding. And I was pushing all the way through the stroke. I was pushing down where I was within, you know, a quarter of an inch or a half of an inch from bottoming out the suspension. And I wasn't even going you know, that much. And here I am asking him to make the forks softer, yet I'm using all of the travel. And herein lies the problem with suspension and why to me, it's just black voodoo magic. So I'm now going to go to my suspension tuner and I'm going to say, Hey, look, here's a picture of how much travel I'm using on average. And I, I reset it multiple times, you know, and I kept taking pictures. And sometimes I was pushing it harder than others where I, you know, one time I'm like, an inch and a half from the bottom of my travel. Another time I'm like a quarter of an inch from the bottom of my travel. Another time I'm like three quarters of an inch from the bottom of my travel or or whatever. And so I've got, and now I actually have some data that I can go to give my tuner and say, Hey, look, you know, yeah, I want this thing to absorb the chop and the bumps better. So I don't feel so much feedback in my hands, but at the same time, we can't have it. So we can't just soften it up so much that I start bottoming, you know, but now at least I have some data to give to my suspension tuner. And, and then hopefully he's going to be able to figure that out. Let me give you another interesting tidbit about suspension. And this is one that I, I just chuckled with because as you guys know, I'm a Supercross fan. 
Um, rest in peace, Supercross in 2018, because you were not coming back. I just, with all this coronavirus crap, it's not coming back. I mean, I don't think they've officially canceled Las Vegas and Salt Lake City yet, but they will. So we have, I think we've seen the last of it and Eli Tomac just won his first Supercross championship by default. And yeah, he's going to have a Supercross championship. I, I don't, or I don't know, maybe they'll put an asterisk on it or whatever, but he's a, he's leading in the points because of what happened at Daytona a couple of weeks, I guess a week and a half ago. And anyway, Ken Roxon lost the season by getting that, uh, by getting passed by Eli Tomac one time. I digress. But anyway, going back, I'm going to say Shane McElrath. Okay. So if you guys don't know who Shane McElrath is, he is a guy that was on, he was on a KTM for the last couple of years. And you would assume that he would be riding a KTM air fork. Cause that's what they're selling to everyone, right? They're selling that air fork. Well, he moves to Yamaha this year. And I listened to a podcast, a podcast of his, and he's talking about moving over to the air fork and how much he loves it. And I'm like, wait a second, wait a second here. You were using, you were on a Yamaha, which is supposedly, you know, notorious for like having the best suspension ever. And it's KYB triple S suspension. And it's amazing. And it's conventional spring fork. And it's the best thing that we have, you know, that has ever been invented. Isn't that the bike? Isn't that what you were supposed to be using? And, and now you tell us that, or, or what, what I'm trying to say is when you, when you were on KTM, you were using that air fork and then you move over to KYB and now it's an air fork. It wasn't it supposed to be this amazing KYB suspension when you moved over there. No, he's using an air fork on the Yamaha team and he's feeling much, much better about it. He said he hadn't used an air fork for several years. And I'm going, well, you were with KTM, so they weren't using an air fork on that. And apparently they weren't. Apparently they were using a WP spring fork on their KTMs and with, with that team. And then he moves over to this other Yamaha team. And instead of using KYB triple S, he's, he's using an air fork. And he's like, look, I'm just loving how much holdup I'm getting. It's holding me up higher in the stroke. And I'm loving that. And that's Shane McElrath. And he's out there like riding super, super well and competing for the championship and he's bucking that trend. I mean, I can't tell you how many how many guys have told me that they hate the WP air forks because it, it keeps them up too high in the stroke or something. And then here I have this professional motocross racer and supercross racer coming here and saying like, hey, I'm loving the air fork that I'm riding on my Yamaha and because it's holding me up more. Again, what, you, what he likes, you might not like and vice versa. Because these air forks typically do end up holding people up a little bit higher in the stroke. And maybe that's because they're using too much air pressure. You know, while the spring forks are allowing them to ride lower. And and these are preferences, man. I mean, and you can set the bike up to do different things. Um, and, and so much of this stuff is going over most of our heads because we don't have full-time jobs where suspension tuning is our job. I mean, I know I do dirt bike channel full-time, but I don't pretend to understand all the ins and outs of the geometry of the different bikes and, and how, you know, all of these things play together. These are complex systems, but I just think it's funny how, you know, you've got Shane McElrath moving over to the air fork and loving it and having better results while everyone else is complaining about the air fork. So it just means that so many people, you know, have different things that they value and different things that work for them moving to KYB. So KYB forks are supposed to be awesome all the time, right? I mean, that's, that's all we hear in magazines and that's all we see on TV is that KYB triple S Kayaba forks are the best thing ever. And I'm sitting there going, well, they are pretty good, 
but I've had a lot of bikes with them, like six or seven bikes with them, and I've only really loved it on two. The one that I loved it on was the uh, 2017 YZ, Yamaha YZ250X, the two-stroke, and now this latest bike that I have, oh, I have two bikes right now that have the Kayaba uh, front fork, and that is uh, the Beta, the 2020 Beta 300 Race Edition and the 2020 Yamaha 250 YZ250FX, and those bikes could not be more different. So they're both supposedly got, you know, the best suspension ever made, this KYB Kayaba Triple S fork, but one of them works amazing right out of the box, and the other one I have not yet been able to figure out. And I've had it revalved, and I'm going to have to have it uh, touched up again. <sighs> KYB isn't always awesome. It depends on the application. It depends on what's going on. You know, it depends on the valving. It depends on what they try to do with it. It depends on the spring rates. It depends on what, you know, what riding discipline you're doing. All I will say is that I have, you know, those two bikes that I have them, and one of them I love. I love the way it works. And at least in the stock form on the other one, I kind of hated the way it worked. Just it was just night and day difference. Again, black magic, man. Something that's happening inside of those forks, uh, or the way it's playing with the frame and with the motor and with everything else and the rear shock. Wow. I, and and I'm not smart enough to figure out exactly what that is. I'm trying to get it nailed down, and I believe that I'll get there because we're getting to a better and better spot. But now we're we're not using Kayaba stuff anymore. We're using Race Tech stuff to like, you know try to get to a place that I like with those, with those one force, you know, it's, it's really, really crazy, you know, and, and then here's the other thing that's where suspension is black magic. You got people that'll say, well, you know, you have a race bike or I've got a race bike with racing suspension. So uh, does that mean that only fast riders can use it and be comfortable with it? Well, I guess that really depends on how it's set up. The, the bike that I'm riding, the YZ250FX, is supposed to be a fast cross-country race bike, and it's supposed to be geared for going fast. And I've had a lot of people tell me that, you know, the 2019 to 2020 versions of these things, they they got a lot stiffer. And all I can say is the thing feels really, like, awesome to me. It feels like I'm riding on a cloud. It feels like it's, it's really soft. It re feels like it's really plush. Uh, yet I've got another quote race bike that is so freaking stiff. It's just bouncing me all over the place. And it makes me think of another thing. So I've got a, I've got a, one of my, uh, long-term buddies, uh, Scott, he is many years ahead of me in dirt bikes and his speed and ability in a lot of ways really show, really shows over me where he just, he's good. He's just better than me. He's got more skill, especially he's got more speed than I do. And it's funny because every time I've ridden bikes of his, and I haven't ridden his most recent bike, and maybe he's bucking that trend, but on the other bikes that I would ride of his, you know, I would even some there were cases where I even sold him a bike. Like I sold him my 2017 YZ250X, and I loved that bike. And then he had it and he started tinkering with it. And he started like kind of, you know, kind of making it stiffer and everything and and setting it up for him. And after he had had the bike for a while, and he's like, look, now I've got this bike dialed in. It's absolutely perfect. I would get on the thing and I would absolutely hate it. I'm like, holy crap, this thing is so stiff on the front end and the back end feels like it's just going to pogo stick me off the side of a cliff everywhere and I'm just, I've lost all confidence in myself and my ability and it's only because he's changed the suspension for what he likes and the way he wants it to react and how he wants it to work and it's like, wow. 
And, and I can't say that he's doing something wrong because I look at the way he rides and he's, he's booking through everything faster than I am. And he's doing things with better technical ability and prowess and everything than what I have. And, and so I can't say that he's doing it wrong. Does that make sense? So I, just because I think it, it doesn't work, it obviously works for him. I mean, look at it. Look at it. I can't even keep up with the guy. I never have been able to. And so what I like, he might not like. And suspension to me is black magic for, for those reasons. You know, I was, I was recently uh, just riding uh, with one of my buddies, Kevin, and he had a bike that he was setting up for one of his racers that he's sponsoring. And I'm like, hey, can I ride this Sherco and just, just see what it's all about? It's a Sherco two-stroke. I haven't ridden a Sherco for a few years. He's like, sure. So he gets on, he, we swap bikes. He gets on my YZ250FX and I get on his Sherco. I think it's a, is it the SE? S-E-R is like, is like the, uh, yeah, it's the two stroke, uh, 300 might've been the 250. I don't know. I, I ride too many bikes. Anyway, when Kevin gets off it, he's like, yeah, sure. He's like, you're not going to like the suspension though. It's, it's set up for, it's, it's going to be pretty stiff, you know, cause it's set up for some 19, 20 year old desert racer who's like, obviously a lot faster than me. <laughs> and, and yeah, it was very, very stiff. And I, I struggled on it. I got slower. I got much slower on that bike and much less confidence on that bike because the suspension was just too stiff for me and too harsh for me. And so it was really slowing me down. And I was like, I felt like I was bouncing my front wheel all over. Now that isn't indicative of what a standard Sherco was like, because this is one that's been highly modified to, uh, meet the needs of a specific, uh, young and talented racer, desert racer. And so I, you know, I'm like, well, I'm not going to say anything bad about the Sherco or anything because this, this is, you know, the motor was great. I was just, the suspension was way too stiff for me. Again, it's that black magic. Um, and here's a, here's another thing with suspension and tuning. So I've, I've done this a few times and I've had a couple times where I was really, I just really felt like I got snake oiled. You know, so I went out and I got my suspension revalved, redone, resprung, and I spend more than a thousand dollars. You know, the, these suspension jobs are they're expensive. You can spend anywhere between six hundred bucks up to, you know, four thousand dollars. I guess depending on what you do. I've never spent more than about eighteen, seventeen, eighteen hundred on a suspension revalve, and that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. That in, in a lot of cases, that's twenty percent of what your dirt bike cost. You know what I mean? Somewhere between 15 and 20%. That's a lot of money. And sometimes I felt like in the end, like I didn't get everything that I paid for, or I got very little of what I paid for. And, and I'm like, did you guys just put snake oil on this thing? Because it doesn't, it doesn't feel better to me. And that's one of, one of the unique things I think about me is I don't, I'm not the sugar pill kind of guy. When I buy something for my bike, it doesn't matter if I spent $50 or $500, I don't have this bias or $2,000. I don't have this bi built-in bias where it's like I have this um, sugar pill uh, you know, mentality. Like here's what I mean. In, in, medical, thing, in medical journals and research, they have, they've, been shown, they've, shown, they've proven that you can take studies and you can have you know, 10 people or 100 people with an ailment and you can give 50 of those people a you know, a medication that is actually going to help their symptoms and help them. And the other 50%, you randomly and blindly give them, or at least blindly to the, to the recipient, you give them a sugar pill. So it's, uh, it's nothing. It doesn't have any med medical value. And, but you tell all of them that they're, you know, in this medical trial where they're trying this really effective medication. And it 
goes to show time and time and time again this placebo effect or sugar pill effect where people seem like they have the same types of benefits whether they had the sugar pill or the medicine because that's how powerful your mind is. And I think sometimes we do that in dirt bikes where it's like, hey, I just spent two grand on my suspension and then you go out and it does feel a little better. Like you've convinced yourself that it feels better. It has to feel better because I spent all this money. I'm not that guy, generally speaking. I, I'm like, it's got to be significantly better. And, and I can be bamboozled. I, I can, you know, and, and a lot of times, sometimes it, it is a little better, but sometimes it's not. Like I, I can test a $700 exhaust system and forget all about it and not think, oh, my bike runs better or it has more power or anything. I, it has to actually have that power before I start to go like, hey, you know, I, I can really feel that. I, don't, I just don't feel like I'm as susceptible to that placebo effect as some other riders. And, and I, I think that makes, gives me kind of a, a good you know, ability to do some of these reviews because I'm not just easily, you know, I don't just easily sway and be like, oh my gosh, it's so much better because of this. I'm like, I couldn't really tell a difference. And on a lot of the products that I review, including suspension, sometimes it's harder for me to really feel a difference of what's going on. Here's another reason why I think suspension is black magic. You know, sometimes in order to have your fork feel softer or, you know, be softer, you have to go stiffer. And this is a concept that I've that I've heard about and read about and and seen in other videos where you know a, a person is saying like hey my suspension is just way too way too soft and I'm feeling everything and the tuner ends up making things a little bit stiffer and he's making things stiffer so that you don't get so far into the stroke and that way you can it can kind of hold you up better and just use um, you know the initial part of the stroke more judiciously so that you don't feel so much of what you're hitting because you're not getting down into the into the more, you know, heavier part of the stroke because as your suspension compresses more and more, it gets exponentially it takes an exponential force uh for it to continue to, you know, to compress. And so down at the bottom of a fork, it's typically stiffer and harder than it is up in the upper part of the stroke. So in I've seen in some cases where people want their suspension to feel a little bit softer and a tuner will actually go the other direction, make it a little bit stiffer in the initial part of the stroke or the mid part of the stroke, and that will have this overall effect to make the bike feel softer. Again, this is black magic stuff here. So people are like, well, Kyle, how do you set your bikes up? And I'll tell you the way that I do this is I set all my bikes up in a standard configuration. I get the manual. I find out what they say for suspend. I mean, for the, for rebound and compression on the forks and on the shock via high speed and low speed. And I just set them up in that range in, in the, with, with those uh, things in mind. Sometimes it'll be like, you know, you, you go, you go 15 clicks. What that means is if it's 15 clicks of compression, you turn your compression clickers all the way in count or clockwise, and then you'll back it out that number of clicks. So if it says 10 clicks, then you'd go all the way in on the clicker and then back it out 10 or 15 or whatever you do that on the suspend or the rebound and the compression. And you do that. And I set them up in stock form and then, or, or like this uh, standard form. And then I just find, you know, that I, I end up moving my clickers around a few positions here or there, and I find a happy spot nearly all of the time. Now, is that because I suck and I don't have enough ability um, 
Is that is that why I can kind of get away with that most times? You know, because I feel I feel like suspension is getting better and better all the time on these bikes. I'm just I'm constantly blown away. Um, not all the time, but I'm but most of the time I'm blown away with how good these bikes are handling. It doesn't matter whether it's a Beta 200 or it's a Beta 390 or it's a Yamaha YZ250 FX or it's a KTM 300 XC or XCW or whatever, I'm going, man, this bike or a Sherco, I'm like, this bike really is handling really, really well. And it's, it's absorbing things in a way that is just gives me a lot of confidence. And I wonder, is that suspension getting better? Is that just, is that some, 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 it's some part of that just because I'm simply getting better. That's a tricky question to answer. And I think maybe the maybe the answer is a little bit of both, but I can't help but think that if if it's skewed to one side or the other, it's probably because I'm getting a little better at handling bikes and absorbing impacts and predicting what I can and can't do with them at certain speeds. I'm not saying I'm the best rider. I'm not at all. But what I'm saying is it feels like the better riders that we become the better the suspension works and the less we complain about them. So here's a closing thought that I want to leave you guys with. I want to ask you a question because I feel like, you know, in the world of suspension, there are really two different types of general riders out there. One of those riders is constantly searching. They're constantly clicking around with their suspension. They're constantly taking it to tuners. They're constantly blaming the bike for what happens. They're going, Hey, look, I, you know, I'm going up this trail and my back end kicked over when it hit this thing. So what do I need to do? Do I need to speed up my rebound? Do we need to, do I need to slow down my high speed compression? They're always asking these questions and they're always kind of chasing their tail, you know, or are you that other type of rider that just rides? That type of rider goes along, and when they're going up that trail, that same exact trail that the first rider did, and their back end kicked out, the second rider goes, huh, maybe I better not hit it quite like that again, because that didn't feel good. So the next time I see an obstacle like that, or the next time I come through here, I'm going to keep my front wheel lighter. Or he thinks, you know, the next time I come through this section, I'm going to preload the suspension just before that. And then I can take all the weight off the bike as I sail over that obstacle. And I won't even feel that anymore. I'm a lot more on that second side where I'm just, I try to find a happy spot with the suspension, but then I'm not always blaming it. I find like, hey, this is working in most situations. And then when I hit something where it doesn't work and it feels like it gets the bike out of sorts, I blame me. I, at that point, I'm not blaming the bike. I'm going, dang, I need to work on that because I, that really sucked. I really sucked on that. I don't, I'm not the guy that thinks, hey, my suspension really sucked on that, generally speaking. And I think that makes it, it puts more of the uh, ownership on me and I think it makes it more fun. That's, I, I honestly do. I think that having that mindset gives me more enjoyment in this because I'm like, hey, I, there's something I need to work on right there that just showed me that I am not as good as I think and I need to like be better at this because I want to be able to ride up through this section or down through this section with you know maintaining complete control and that's on me 
and it's not on the suspension. And maybe that's because I don't fully understand suspension, it's black magic, or maybe that's just because we encounter so many freaking things out there in the trail. It's not like where I, where I ride, we don't, you can't just set it up for sand, or you can't just set it up for high speed because we've got so many things that come up in the trail where it's like, okay, now we're high speed, now we're low speed, now we've got a sand section, now we've got a rocky section, now we've got a six foot, you know, four or five or six foot drop that we have to do. The only thing that I'm not doing is like major mega jumps, but everything else in between, you know, I got first gear stuff, I got fourth gear, sometimes even fifth gear type stuff. And there's all of this stuff happening in the trails. And I've got to have suspension that can kind of meet the needs of all of those things. But more importantly, I've just got to have a bike that I can predict and that I have confidence in. And then I just go and I just ride. And I'm not the best rider by any means. There's a ton of you guys out there listening to this that are faster than me, better than me, you know, more technical ability than me. But the point is I'm having fun with it. I'm having fun at my level and I'm slowly progressing, you know, all the time. Some of you guys are progressing way faster than me and that's totally cool. Some of us, you know, some of you guys out there, maybe you're looking up to my riding. It doesn't matter. The point is we all need to have fun with it. Suspension is a difficult thing. It's something that we all are trying to struggle through and trying to figure out what we like and what we don't like and what works better for us and what doesn't work at all for us. And then just say, hey, you know what? I've learned enough things. I need to just adjust my riding style accordingly so that I'm not always chasing my tail on clickers and, and uh, preload and all these different things. So just some thoughts for you guys. Hope you're, uh, again, hope you're staying um, COVID-19 free. We might do a podcast here with my wife just talking about some of the things that's happened in our neighborhood and with our family and how it's affecting us. But I hope you guys are safe out there. And uh, until we talk again, let's leave a single track. Thanks, guys.